the scholars, uh, brothers and sisters, just moving on very quickly, they also discuss um, uh, the best females. Uh, the best uh, females. And um, some scholars have said that Fatima, radiallahu anha, was the best female. And some said, no, it was Khadija, radiallahu anha. And some say it was Aisha, radiallahu anha. And then there's a fourth view where the scholars say, we don't have a view here. It's called At-Tawakkuf. At-Tawakkuf is when the scholars say, we, we can't say for sure. Uh, there's evidences uh, that, that show uh, you know, uh, the nobility of Aisha, the nobility of Fatima, the nobility of Khadija, radiallahu anhum ajma'een. Thus, we don't uh, say one was better than the other. Rather, we just stop and say they all have uh, narrations that testify to their uh, noble way. But I'm just citing this for you because Ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi alayhi has mentioned it in his main book and also uh, because Fatima radiallahu anha is part of it and she was from uh, the daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi uh, wasallam, sallallahu alayhi uh, wasallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us with him uh, in Jannah. Ameen. As for the uncles of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he had many uncles from them, was Hamza, um, the, the, who was titled the Lion of Allah and the Lion of his Rasul, of his Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib, and then Al-Abbas, and the famous Abu Talib. And who knows the name of Abu Talib? Does anyone know the name of Abu Talib, we always know him as Abu Talib. Abu Talib means the father of Talib. But what was his name? The scholars of Sirah say that his name was 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 Abdu Manaf, was Abd Manaf, Abdu Manaf. This was uh, the name of Abu Talib, uh, Abu Talib. Also, from the uncles of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was Abu Lahab, his his fierce enemy, and the one who harmed him so badly, uh, him and his wife. Right? He was an uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now you tell me, brothers and sisters, what can make blood harm blood? Right? Subhanallah. May Allah protect us from misguidance. And uh, he had many other uncles, uh, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but these are from uh, the famous uncles. I did tell you when we were discussing the importance of the Kaaba uh, that one of the uncles of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was actually Abdul Kaaba. Was actually Abdul Kaaba. So they would even... Uh, name their children uh, the servant of uh, the Kaaba. As for the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then his first wife was Khadija radiallahu anha, and he had all his children with her except his son Ibrahim, as we said, and she was the great supporter uh, of of his sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as uh, we've always said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly prepared Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for prophethood, uh, even in uh, who he allowed to be the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this teaches us brothers and sisters the importance of choosing the right wife. Um, uh, this is especially for the males, choosing the right wife and also for the females, choosing the right husband. Right? Because we all have a vision or we should have a vision. We should have ambition. We should uh, have this view of the world that you and I seek to create, right? We're not here just to waste time on earth, right? We have to bring value, and we spoke about bringing value before. And we said that uh, each and every one of us have to ask ourselves, right? What value are we going to bring here? Is it going to be that we just came and went and, and, and the earth didn't even feel us? This is not the way of a believer. So everyone has the ambition of the world that they seek to create. Everybody um, uh, has... Uh, or should have, should have uh, a world that they seek to create, a world that they would like to see when they are on their deathbed. Right? This is when you bring value. 
and and um, you know the the ummah should miss you when you pass away. It shouldn't be that you pass away and nobody misses you. You know, today sadly, the only in in most cases we can only share the examples of, for example, what will the world miss if Coca Cola left? What will the world miss if Microsoft left? Will will the world miss anything, for example, if if Microsoft disappeared? What do you think, brothers and sisters? If Apple disappeared, will the world miss anything? Yes or no? Exactly, right? So the world will miss uh, a lot. Right, so what will the world miss the day you go? Right, so in your journey, you have to make correct decisions in everything that you do. From those decisions is the major decision of who you choose to settle down with. Right, you have to settle down with somebody who will be conducive to your journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This has to be the case, that you settle down with somebody that is conducive uh, in your journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khadija radiallahu anha was definitely conducive in the Prophet's journey uh, and in that which he had to do, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We know what a great support she was to him. A major support from the beginning. From the time she believed in him when he came scared and saying, I saw what I saw. And she said those words, golden universal words, that Allah will never ever disgrace you. Don't worry about it. Whatever you saw, there's a reasonable explanation. You know, some of us will say, are you hallucinating? Wali'iyadu billah. You know, are you seeing things? What are you talking about? This supernatural thing. Nobody sees these kind of things. Are you okay? Are you taking your vitamins? Right? Well, immediately saying, how's your vitamin D, brother? Right? Do you need to see? The, let's go for a blood test. Uh, subhanallah. Here Aisha, uh, Khadija radiallahu anha immediately believes him and says you, she, she mentions all the wonderful things that he does and says, Allah will never disgrace you. And she comes with the solutions. Let's go to my uh, uh, someone close to me who reads the scriptures of the previous prophets and he'll be able to help. So, amazing team player, right? She, she calms the situation and comes with the solution, right? So, this was Khadija radiallahu anha, the most conducive partner to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, especially at that part of his journey. Remember, uh, at that moment, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was only looking up. He was right at the bottom looking up. He was starting the journey. So he needed a mighty, mighty, mighty supporter. And our closest supporters are our spouses. And there was Khadija radiallahu anha. And as we said, he missed her a lot. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even after she passed away, he would hear the voice of some of her friends and remember uh, his wife. Khadija radiallahu anha. And this is when we talk about marriages that uh, last a lifetime. You know, marriages which last a lifetime. You know, where, where you miss your spouse, even if you marry after she passes away, but you still miss her. And you make dua for her, right? And, and, and a wife misses a husband after he passes away, even if she remarries. But she misses him. That's what you call growing in love. You grow in love with each other. You grow uh, in love with uh, each other. And, and, and when we say growing in love, it lasts till the, day, till the day you die as well. Even if Allah takes them to Allah earlier. Right? This is the reality when you have a ma- an amazing marriage which begins by choosing the right female to marry and the female choosing the right husband. Uh, to marry, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows best. Last week, we we the the the, the last question we spoke about was: Do uh, does our wife have to live with our parents? And um, some of the students actually, it came to my attention that some of the students actually recorded uh, that particular answer and then used it in a way that I did not uh, intend. 
uh, I believe it, 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 it started flying around um, with, with uh, you know, a portion that would give one the impression that I was saying that uh, our wives do not have to be dutiful to our in-laws, uh, full stop. Right? No, and that wasn't the case. So, brothers and sisters, please, um, you know, it, 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 I know you didn't intend any harm, and I know some people obviously are going through their own circumstances and situations, but it shouldn't be the case that uh, we uh, record something and then spread it in uh, the way that it was unintended. And, and, and out of good manners and courtesy, if you have recorded something and want to spread it, then it's good manners to ask um, the owner of the statement first. So, you know, write a message to me, Alhamdulillah, you all have access to me, Walillah, Alhamd, uh, via the forums. You write in and you say, look, uh, this is what I want to do, can I? And then I can advise, right? Because the last thing anyone wants is uh, to teach people about Islam, and then those lessons are used to, to cause harm. Right? And uh, don't take this lightly, brothers and sisters. Some marriage is going to disarray because of uh, the fiqh view that you don't have to be uh, uh, dutiful to your, to, to your in-laws. It actually goes into disarray where, where wives take a stance and they, they stand in front of the, 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 the wish and will of the husband and say, no, we will not do it. We don't have to and we're not. And it's not disrespectful. And then it becomes an ugly situation. No, uh, when the scholars discussed, it, discussed this, they discussed it in a particular way. And it's not as if they didn't advise to certain ideals. And it's wrong to take one part of the sharia without understanding that part in light of other parts. And I spoke to you last week about extremism. And extremism happens when you end up taking one part of the Sharia, and you refuse to understand that part in light of other parts. The Sharia is a whole. Now, uh, what I did do, brothers and sisters, is I have made um, a recording about this issue, uh, this issue or this question that was asked: Does our or do our wives have to live with our uh, in-laws? And inshallah, on Monday, uh, that clip will be, uh, that video will be released, and it will be sent to you all. Uh, inshallah, and I want you all to have a watch. In, in about 17 to 18 minutes, uh, I discuss uh, the matter. And, and, and I, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant me uh, balance in the discussion, and I pray that there is balance there. So, um, inshallah, on Monday, uh, Brother Hisham will send out a link to every one of you all for you to view, and that link is the answer. Uh, to uh, the last question that was asked uh, last week. Um, I, it's quarter to 11, and uh, by default we should go into Q&A, but given that this is the last session, let's just uh, continue a little bit. I do want to finish uh, this particular portion uh, before we close uh, for the summer break, inshallah. The, uh, the next wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was Sauda. Was Sauda. Um, and Sauda bint Zama'ah, Al-Qurashiyya, she uh, was the wife that actually gave her night up to Aisha radiallahu anha. She gave her night to Aisha. Because she knew that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loved Aisha radiallahu anha. And so she, she gave her night to Aisha radiallahu anha. And this way Aisha radiallahu anha had two nights with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whilst the other uh, wives besides Soda had one night. Because Soda gave up uh, her night. And the scholars have deduced from this the permissibility of a female giving up some of her rights. If she fears that her husband will uh, divorce her. This is just a thick discussion, by the way, right? So sometimes a female feels that my husband's going to divorce me for some reason or the other, and it's better for me to be in the marriage than being out of the marriage. So then she, she gives up her rights, her rights to being housed, for example, her rights to being uh, clothed or fed, for example. She gives up some of her rights. It's, it, uh, the scholars have deduced the permissibility of uh, doing so. But this doesn't mean 
that if you give up the right, that you can't take it back. This is what, and this is a point of discussion between the scholars, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, this is what seems um, a balance in terms of the views, that even if you give up this view, and you want to change your mind, you can change your mind. Why? Because it's a, it's a right that Allah has given you. The sharia has given you this right, the right to being fed, clothed and housed, and the right to having your, your night, in the case of uh, you being married to a husband who, who has more than one wife, right? So it's a, it's, a, it's a right given to you by the Sharia. So you can choose to pause that right. And you can choose to play that right. So uh, according to the correct view, and Allah knows best, that when you do give up that right, then uh, if a time comes when you feel you'd like to put that right into practice and play again, then you may. Then you may. It's not that you gave it up, so it's cancelled for good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. This is again is just a footnote. Then we have Aisha radiallahu anha, and she was a special wife. And uh, she was uh, the virgin wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam towards marrying her from uh, above the seven heavens. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, sent Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Um... um the inspiration uh, to marrying Aisha radiallahu anha by um, him seeing uh, a vision, him seeing a vision, vision, and uh, that vision entailed um, an angel actually um, teaching Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam about this command from Allah subhanahu wa taala. Um, as uh, the scholars of Tafsir say, by holding a type of uh, goblet with silk. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So uh, it was understood from this vision, this goblet with silk, the purity of Aisha radiallahu anha, and the instruction to, um, the instruction to uh, marry her. Uh, anha. And uh, he married her sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Shawwal, as the scholars of Sira say, while she was six years of age, and he consummated the marriage with her uh, as well in Shawwal, um, in uh, the first year after Hijrah, whilst she was nine years of of age. So, and and as the scholars say, uh, the scholars of Sira say that um, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam never married a virgin besides her. So she was the only uh, virgin uh, wife that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had, and. Revelation would not come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was in the home of any of his wives besides the home of Aisha uh, radiallahu anha. So she was special uh, in regards to this. And, and we do know that we also have ayat in the Qur'an. We have ayat in the Qur'an specific to Aisha uh, in the story of the ifk. Right? When she was accused of doing something which she would never do, radiallahu anha, and Allah revealed uh, to purify her. So she is special because of uh, this. In fact, you know, the wives used to, uh, we, we, if, if you ponder over the seerah and some of the narrations, you would see there was this competition between the wives. With regards to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, no doubt. Um, and, and, and even, you know, with regards to the religion, because we know that one of the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and will come to her, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala married her to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from above the seven heavens. Right? And, and she has ayat in the Quran. So she would actually boast to the other wives and say, you know, you, uh, with regards to all of you, you know, uh, Allah subhanahu, uh, your families married you to the messenger. But with regards to me, Allah married me to the messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, you know, they would all take their pride and, 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 and look at... Um, uh, their specific and unique uh, 
uh, clauses and cases and, and put it in front uh, of the other wives. And, and we know that Zay, obviously, with regards to Zainab, there's an ayah in the Quran as well. So she was proud because of this, that she had an ayah as well. And then when the ayah came down uh, to, uh, later with regards to Aisha radiallahu anha, then Aisha radiallahu anha now had the, 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 the importance and privilege of having an ayah that will be recited till the day of Qiyamah uh, about her radiallahu uh, anha. In any case, that's just um, um, a, a nice to know. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us with our mothers in Jannah. Thereafter, Aisha radiallahu anha, we have Hafsa. Hafsa. Hafsa bin Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. So uh, Hafsa then became the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we know, uh, you know, the relationship between Hafsa and Aisha radiallahu anha. And Hafsa was not also very old. So, you know, um, that tendency of being kind to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and competing. So they had their rivalry there. Uh, Hafsa and Aisha radiallahu anhuma. And um, through this, uh, uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu became the... Uh, imagine the father-in-law, right? The father-in-law of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a human being. He had father-in-laws, he had mother-in-laws, and so on and so forth. Right? Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu became his father-in-law as well. Right? I'm just highlighting this because the question was about in-laws and wives and in-laws, right? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also had in-laws. Then after Hafsa, we have Zaydab bint Khuzayma. And uh, or, or her, uh, she's better known as, as Zainab bin Khuzayma ibn al-Harith, right? And um, she was from the children of Hilal ibn Amir. Um, and this was a wife from the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then we have the story or, or, uh, or the famous story of Umm Salama, where Umm Salama became uh, the next wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, basically, Umm Salama, she had an amazing husband known as Abu Salama. And um, her full name was Hind bint Abi Umayyah. And she was Al-Qurashi. She was Al-Qurashiyah. She was from the Quraysh. And... Um, she was um, the wife of Abu Salama radiallahu It is said, it is said that Umm Salama was the last of the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to have uh, passed away. Right now, uh, her story is that she lost uh, obviously her husband, and she was very sad, and she became you know it was extremely difficult for her. Uh, she was it was extremely difficult for her, and she thought you know what. You know, um, you know, she she had her children. It was tough. She loved her husband dearly, and in her mind, there was no one better than uh, Abu Salama, uh, radiallahu anhu. And then she was taught this dua, this dua that uh, you know, when you go through a difficulty, then uh, you 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 make this dua to Allah subhanahu wa taala that Oh Allah, uh, ease my affairs in this difficulty or assist me through the difficulty that I'm going through and and give me. Uh, in, in, uh, as a replacement to what I've lost something better. I'm paraphrasing the dua. Right? So, uh, some of the scholars of, of Sirah uh, state that she would make the dua that, Oh Allah, please ease uh, my affairs and help me during this difficulty. But she found it difficult to say and give me better uh, than what I've lost. Why? Because she felt that there was nothing better than uh, nothing better than uh, um, uh, Abu Salama, radiallahu anhu. 
But because she knew that this was a teaching from the Prophet wasallam, and this shows submission to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is what Islam is, right? Islam is about istislam and submitting to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She went ahead and said, وَخْلُفْنِي خَيْرًا مِّن And Allah give me um, uh, as a replacement to what of Ross something better. And uh, the scholars of Sirah say that after she said this, a knock was heard and a messenger came with the proposal of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How amazing uh, is that? How amazing is that? Subhanallah. Right? So, uh, this is what happens, brothers and sisters, when you follow the sharia for the sake of Allah and put your trust in Allah. This is a moment of tawakkul. When you say, you know what? Whatever it means to me, I'm going to follow what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. I'm going to do that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed. And then she goes on to say that subhanallah, yani, I thought there can be no one better than, um, uh, than uh, Abu Salama. And I get uh, a proposal to marry the, pro- the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And after her idda, uh, she was married to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They differ as to who got her married. Because we know that every prophet, ne- uh, every uh, sister or female, Needs a wali, needs a wali. So who got her married to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Was it Umar ibn al-Khattab, as some narrations say, or was it uh, because Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu an was actually, or it stated that he was, um, he was her cousin, he was uh, her cousin, uh, her paternal cousin, or was it Umar, her young son? Uh, and what's more clear, uh, Imam Ahmed supports the view that it was a young son, but the scholars say that he was too young to be someone who could marry uh, his mother to the Prophet wasallam. And perhaps uh, Imam Ahmed alayhi, didn't get the narration that described the age of uh, Umar, the son of Um Salama uh, radiallahu anha. So uh, that's why he supported the view that it was a son. But what's clear, what seems more plausible is that it was, uh, it could have been Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anha, paternal cousin. Uh, in any case, this is a discussion between the scholars and it is a long one. Uh, but in reality, Nabiyu uh, Awla. Uh, the, the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a precedence above the rest of the believers, right? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam doesn't need someone to have a wali for him to be married uh, to, uh, for, his, uh, for, for her to become his wife. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam can be the wali and get the female married to him. This is a special rank and, and precedence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to um, um uh, sorry to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So irrespective of the difference of opinion, uh, the bearing uh, in terms of this marriage of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to her is very little. Why? Because in the first place, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam doesn't require a female to have a wali because he is uh, a wali in the first place. Um, so he doesn't require her to have a wali in in in, in the marriage uh, between himself sallallahu alaihi wasallam and her. Okay, then the next wife after that was Zainab bint Jahsh. And um, it is said that uh, she was the daughter of his maternal uh, aunt. The daughter of his uh, maternal aunt. And this was the Zainab I was speaking about earlier. Zainab bint Jahsh. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has an ayah about her in his book in Surah Al-Ahzab, uh, ayah number 37. فَلَمَّا قَضَى زَيْدٌ مِّنْهَا وَطَرَى زَوَّجْنَا كَهَا 
And obviously there was, uh, there's a story behind this, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got uh, Zainab uh, married to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was to dispel uh, this concept of adoption, right? Because we know that Zainab was uh, married to um, Uh, Zainab was married uh, to Zaid, and uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam considered uh, Zaid to be his son. That's the, the love that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had for Zaid. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, revealed a revelation, right? To say that we should uh, call people by the names of their fathers and hold them true to their lineage. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed uh, uh, ayat which cancelled out this concept of what we say in the Arabic language, At-Tabanni. Right? At-Tabanni. Which is this concept of adoption. Where you take a child and you give the child your name. This is not allowed. In Islam we are fostering. And fostering comes with these rules and regulations. But to, to adopt a tabanni where you make this person your child and give this person your name and then the child grows up and uh, we say that this child can ma- marry your daughters for example or there's no hijab between this child and your wife for example, this is incorrect. This is not from Islam. Because this child uh, has his own lineage and from the objectives of the sharia is to protect lineage. And it was the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused all the sons of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to pass away uh, early or before the death of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So nobody could claim prophethood to another person after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? And we know the fitna between uh, the, the Shia now and, and, and Ahlul Sunnah with regards to Ali. Uh, and he was a cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So imagine what the fitna would have been had there been uh, a Zayd ibn Muhammad through adoption, if, if Zayd took this name, for example. Or had any of the sons of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lived. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed laws, putting everything back into perspective. Uh, and then to further prove that Zayd was not the son, Allah subhanahu uh, obviously uh, Zainab was the wife of Zayd. So um, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, commanded that this divorce happens between uh, Zayd and Zainab. And then when Zainab uh, radiallahu anha finished her idda, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala married her to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This way nobody can say Zayd was a son. Because if he was a son, you wouldn't be allowed to marry uh, his wife. Right? Um, so, um, this was the wisdoms behind this particular story. Then we have the wife known as uh, Juwayriya, and then we have Um Habiba, radiallahu anhum ajma'een, and then we have Safiya, uh, Safiya, uh, and Safiya was uh, considered to be a very uh, pretty female, radiallahu uh, anha, and she was. A wife of a prophet because she was the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she was also a daughter of a prophet because she comes from the lineage of Prophet Harun, the brother of uh, Musa alayhi salam. Right? So she comes from this lineage. Many people perhaps uh, do not know this. And Ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi alayhi highlights this in, um, highlights this in, 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 in Zad al-Ma'ad. And in fact, uh, with regards to Safiya, uh, obviously she was taken as a captive. Right, so she was uh, taken in as a slave, and uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam married her and made her mahar her freedom, her freedom. 
And the scholars have deduced from this the permissibility of, of, of paying as a mahar uh, a female's freedom. That if she is a slave, you say your mahar is that you will be free. You, won't, you will not be considered a slave anymore. So even if the, you know, uh, within the marriage and outside of the marriage, right? And obviously this is in the system of slavery, the system which has been uh, abolished uh, today. In fact, there's a long Islamic discussion regarding slavery in Islam, but uh, this is not the place for it. Perhaps in the future, if you remind me, we can discuss it inshallah. Then after uh, Sophia, we have Maymuna. Uh, Maymuna and Maymuna uh, got uh, the, the marriage between the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Maymuna radiyallahu anha happened after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam came out of uh, ihram because the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam married her after uh, he completed his umrah. Right, uh, Umratul Qadha, meaning uh, remember that the Muslims went for Umrah and then the Quraysh uh, prevented them from coming. Uh, and then it was agreed that the Muslims would come the following year. So when the Prophet wasallam went to complete that Umrah the following year, after that Umrah he married uh, Maymuna. Uh, there's a difference of opinion between the scholars. Why? Because we have a narration of Ibn Abbas that says the Prophet wasallam married her during his Umrah. But this is incorrect because we know that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made forbidden anyone uh, getting married during uh, or whilst they're in the state of ihram or being a wali whilst they're in the state of ihram, meaning they're not allowed to marry other people, nor are they allowed to get married. Uh, this is from the things that are not allowed during uh, the state of ihram, and we know marital relations is also not allowed uh, during the state of ihram. So, um, Ibn Abbas's uh, narration here is not considered. And the scholars explain that Ibn Abbas was only 10 years old when um, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam married Maymuna. So, he probably narrated that which he perceived. Right? He perceived uh, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was still... Um, you know, in the state of ihram. He was a 10-year-old per, uh, a boy. And he perceived that Rasulullah was in the state of ihram when in reality he was not. So the correct opinion is one is not allowed to get married in a state of ihram. And the correct opinion with regards to Maymuna was that he وسلم, married her after, after, uh, ihram, after ihram. But you know, we take pride from this. That look at Ibn Abbas, the bravery to narrate what he saw. And to teach us how conscious he was of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as this young 10-year-old boy. And that is why it's incorrect to compare a 10-year-old, a 10-year-old of before to today. Or a 10-year-old of, of, in one demographic uh, location to a 10-year-old in another demographic, uh, demographic location. And this is why the whole uh, discussion about the Prophet wasallam marrying Aisha radiallahu anha from uh, the world view of the Westerner and what they consider uh, pedophilia is a flawed discussion. Is a flawed discussion. Because females matured far quicker then. And if we consider that Aisha radiallahu anha was only 18 years old when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away, and she narrated the most ahadith from the females and was a pillar of hadith in the era of the Sahaba, then يعني, what more do you need to be convinced that we were talking about a whole different scene? Right? We're talking about a whole different scene. And I, I, I literally view the discussion when you start comparing a nine-year-old from the time of Rasulullah to a nine-year-old today, similar to somebody saying they want to compare Adam السلام, to a human being today. Or the people of Ad and Thamud to a people uh, today. There's no comparison. We know that Adam السلام, was, was bigger than, than, than a few football pitchers. Right? السلام, he was 60 cubits in height. Right, and in fact, uh, in, in, um, uh, I think it was in Saudi Arabia. Oh, they actually tried to make a thobe 
the thawb of Adam salam, based on uh, what we find re- related to his description in the sunnah. Right? And it, just Google it. Try and, and Google the, 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 the shirt of Adam. And see what comes up. They needed an entire crane and football pitch to raise this thobe above. Which means Adam salam would take half a step and he would have completed a football pitch. Whilst the footballer today needs to run and sprint and, and become out of breath to get from one end to the other end. And, 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 and then we want to compare the past to the present. So it's a different thing. So uh, you cannot compare a nine-year-old girl of before to a nine-year-old today. Just like, for example, our grandmothers, what they uh, could do at 15 and 16 years of age, the girls of today perhaps can't. We know that some people have grandmothers that were married at 16 and 17. But today, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even consider it because the maturity level of the female is not the same as before. And this is a space of a few decades that we're discussing. So what about uh, when we discuss the difference between a few centuries? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So, um, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam married uh, Maymuna radiallahu uh, anha. <coughs> it is said, brothers and sisters, that from the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, MashaAllah, Abdul Mateen has actually seen the picture and, and, and he's, he's in shock. He's in great shock. He's saying we are like ants in front of it. Tayyip, uh, I'm going to end just now, brother Hisham. Hisham's giving me a red card. Uh, he's telling me the time's up. I know it's up. This is our last lesson. lesson. Please bear with me, brothers and sisters. Um, the, 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 there is a disputed uh, view that Rasulullah wasallam had a wife known as uh, Rayhana. Uh, this is uh, disputed between the scholars and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. But what there's no difference of opinion uh, about is that Rasulullah wasallam had... Um, nine wives when he passed away, or he passed away uh, on nine wives. Uh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. May Allah subhanahu wa taala gather us with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and our mothers in Jannah. Amin. Brothers and sisters, this brings us to the end of um, season one of year one of provisions for the hereafter. Alhamdulillah. Uh, all together we've completed nine lessons with the introduction and uh, we've learned much about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and inshallah have great love for him uh, and inshallah are ready to learn from his guidance. Uh, Ibn al-Qayyim has mentioned much much more really uh, but if we look at the book that we're studying which is a summarized version uh, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahmatullahi alayhi goes straight to the Prophet's guidance with regards to wudu when we come back inshallah at the, uh, uh, for, for season two of year one uh, which will be after the Hajj, insha'Allah, uh, I will share with you uh, a short discussion regarding why the scholars of fiqh have differences of opinion. The reason why I want to do this is because our discussions will become more fiqhi based and um, we are studying a book nonetheless and I don't want it to confuse uh, anyone here that has learned other fiqh opinions or uh, practice uh, one of the uh, four fiqh madhahib or, or uh, a madhab other than the madhab of Ibn al-Qayyim which was predominantly Hanbali. I don't want it to be a, a means of confusion. So I will share with you uh, a short discussion, a short presentation on why uh, the scholars of uh, fiqh may have a difference of opinion regarding a matter even though the revelation was one and the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam was one and then inshallah we will kick off with the guidance of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam pertaining to wudu and uh, tayammum and wiping over his socks and his turban uh, inshallah i love you all for the sake of allah everything correct said is from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's perfect and any mistakes are from myself and shaytan and i seek allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness brothers and sisters please take care please keep in touch via the forums please ask your questions there. 
And um, inshallah, we will be in touch with some one of lectures uh, over the upcoming months. Um, I will miss you all. I will remember you in my dua and request you to remember me in your dua. And uh, my dear brothers and sisters, please take care of yourselves and, and please continue getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ensuring that you become better. And I would really love for you to put that plan into practice that we discussed at the end of last week's session. You know that plan to become better. Jazakumullah uh, khairan. Please take care and keep in touch. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته